weekly travel program, Jet Sitting with Janet, is proudly sponsored by MLT Car Hire and Tours. Are you looking for a highly professional, established vehicle rental service? Look no further. MLT Car Hire and Tours delivers on service excellence and competitive prices. Log on to mltcarhireandtours.co.za for their full range of benefits or MLT Car Hire and Tours on Facebook. Are you looking for a highly professional established vehicle rental service and a shuttle service where client satisfaction is a priority? Look no further. MLT Car Hire is committed to delivering quality low mileage vehicles to suit your budget. MLT Car Hire also specializes in mini and long leases for individuals and corporates as well as staff transport and airport transfers with offices at the airport and in the Helderberg area. We are proud members of Satsa, Fedhaza, and Cape Town Tourism. MLT Car Hire delivers on service excellence and competitive prices. Log on to MLT Car Hire and Tours for our full range of benefits or MLT Car Hire and Tours on Facebook. This afternoon, we are really experiencing KwaZulu-Natal. And KwaZulu-Natal is referred to as absolutely out of this world because it is a multicultural showpiece destination. It's a fusion of cultures. And the Zulu Kingdom or the province of KwaZulu-Natal has a devout following uh, throughout the continent of Africa. It is right up there on the list of must-see, must-do lists. And discerning travelers from all over the world are always congregating to KZN. This is just some of the reasons why KZN remains a firm leader in the South African tourism space. The truth is that there is no comparison, you know, the balmy temperatures, lots of green, the sun, sea and um, sand is really one of the most attractive things about KwaZulu-Natal. And it really is a unique fusion of raw natural beauty, modern sophistication, wonderful cultural diversity, and a really pulsating energy, which is set within a breathtaking natural setting. KwaZulu-Natal is dramatically beautiful and quite diverse. It is in the country's northeastern part of Africa, South Africa, and it really does pack in some of South Africa's most popular attractions. And despite its small size, the visitors can enjoy the World Heritage listed Drakensberg Mountains, jagged backed peaks, spectacular scenery, Durban's Golden Beaches, its Golden Mile, lots of surf breaks, and a thriving Zulu and Indian culture, which makes it an interesting cultural fusion in this very interesting spot of South Africa. KwaZulu-Natal is also home to the Shlishluwe Mfolozi Park, the oldest game park in Africa. And there are many private game reserves where lucky visitors can spot the big five. Leopard, lion, elephant, buffalo and rhino are in abundance. And along the coast, nature lovers can also explore the stunning scenery of the Isimangalisa Wetland Park, which is a unique UNESCO World Heritage Site and dive into the coral reefs of Saldana Bay. But as I've said before, I'm not the expert. We're going to be speaking to several people from the region who are going to wow us with the resources there. We're chatting this afternoon with Kai Schultz, 
owner of Canopy Tours. And Kai had an interesting migration to becoming a Canopy Tour operator. He has a history in the training, speaking and facilitation space. And when he was working around the late 2000s on African Fig, which is a consulting company, focused on capacity building, leadership and enterprise development within the NGO, corporate and rural community space. This led him to purchase Car Clue of Canopy Tours in 2011 and then the Drakensberg Canopy Tour in 2019. The Canopy Tour provided a platform to Kai to add value to the teams through a tailor-made facilitated session aimed at inspiring teams to go from, from good to great. <laughs> Interestingly enough, using fear as the underlying theme, which is a great motivator, Kai's Beyond the Fear Factor session explores the impact of fear on our attitudes, habits, decisions, and how we may unconsciously respond to fear in every aspect of our lives. Kai has had the privilege of working with groups from all four of South Africa's major banks, as well as organizations such as NGEN, Dunlop, Unilever, etc. So definitely a favorite amongst the corporates. Kai lives in Howick with his wife, Kirsty, and his three children, and he enjoys trail running and spending time in the bush. We're looking forward to chatting to Kai about his journey and the Canopy Tour experience. So we learned a little bit about Kai Schultz and the fact that he has made this interesting migration from working in the leadership and enterprise development space, looking at capacitation and building capacity within corporates and matching corporates, NGOs and rural communities. And it is that journey, you know, it says, there's a saying that says art imitates life. And I think that Kai has done that because he went and made that CapEx investment and purchased um, a canopy company, not just in 2011, but in 2019 as well. And he's now bringing all of the amazing resources that he has, his work in corporate and his love of the outdoors. And then of course the fear factor. And I don't know whether we should be fearful, but it seems like Kai's unique selling point is using fear as a means to see how fear impacts on our attitudes, habits, and decisions. So quite a sort of out there corporate tactic, Kai. Welcome. Thank I'm you. I'm already. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that you, you know, um, as you're reading that, I, I was reminded of the, the bio, obviously, that was sent through to you. And and it is an interesting story. And and, and you speak about fear and, and obviously being in the the adventure tourism industry through the, the canopy tour zipline businesses that we're part of. Um, seeing how many people get excited to come, get excited to book, and then in the days leading up to it, come up with all sorts of reasons as to why they can't do it. <laughs> and, and, and we've obviously got very good at, at, we have a great safety briefing process and an introduction process where people get a better understanding of what they are going to go out and do. And, and yet, I mean, we've had as young as three do it. We don't take from three now. We take from six and up. It's just a better age. Um, one can, can reason with a six-year-old. Um, and we, we've had as old as 96. So it's really, you know, wow. canopy tour is a soft adventure. It's not a hard bungee jump adventure. You know, it's meant to be for the whole family. Um, I believe it's quite scenic. So I haven't done that, Kai. I haven't done uh, well, we've got to get. 
we got it. Are you Cape Town based? Am I right? I'm Cape Town based, and I know the guys, all the Canopy Tour guys here. And uh, you know, I have had lots of in, invitations, and somehow I think it's maybe that latent fear factor. I haven't <laughs> quite done it yet, well, but I am in KwaZulu Natal the second week in in March, and I see it's wonderful. on that program. So I'm not going to be able to get out of this one. But what no, I've been good. doing, Kai, you know, when you when you a woman over four in her over 40s and yes. uh, you know we get sold all of these jars in fancy <laughs> boutiques and and fancy um, cosmetic places that's that's got big words that say anti-aging anything yeah. aging excites us because we try to preserve time but i do believe that if you can cross your fears and you cross thresholds it actually revives you it takes a couple of years off so for me um, and, and I'd love to hear your opinion of it because I yeah. think you can package a tour for over 50s and call it the anti-aging beauty safari. <laughs> I love it. I want a commission if it takes off. No, not at all. I don't want commission. <laughs> I just want to be your guinea pig in the middle of March. With pleasure. With and absolute pleasure. I think that, uh, you know, as we, as we navigate COVID, which was really a black swan for everybody in the tourism sector, I think that people are testing limits and mm -hmm. corporates are now have an attitude of, um, I know in my own business that uh, I've, I've rethought so many processes and I'm, mm. you know, re-engineering. What do you think is the reason why people, lots of corporates are coming to the Canopy Tour? Well, uh, well, I've got two. Well, I've got a story to tell. Which we love bring stories. We love stories. So please but, but, but before we go there, as much as I feel we were all so re-energized and, and re-engineering the way we did things, um, I'm concerned that we've all gone back to old habits very, very quickly. And people are forgetting some of the things that they said they would never do again or, or, or things they would do coming out of COVID. And we've quickly fallen into a space of, let me put it this way, we've fallen into a good space, not a great space. So... And maybe that's where we can come in with the story. So, so I mentioned earlier how people arrive and they're often scared. It's probably one in three people, which is a lot of people. And obviously their, their fear is of varying, in varying degrees. So some people are really afraid uh, to the point of saying, I'm not going. Like, forget it. My family can go. My colleagues can go on their team building. I'm staying here. And, um, and yet we're really good at convincing those people to go out, try the first one. Just go give it a bash. It's not a long one. If you don't like it, we'll bring you back. You can come sit down in the coffee shop and wait for your family or colleagues to get back from their tour. Um, and, and inevitably, we managed to convince most people to go and try the first one, some of whom say, I, I, I don't care. Fine, I'm going to try the first one, but I guarantee you I'm coming back. Well, let me ask you, what do you think happens once most people have completed that first zip line? Do you think they want to come back? Uh, or do you think they want to ca carry on? If you're asking me that question, once I've crossed that threshold, I want more. <laughs> so. Exactly. And you like everybody else. You like everybody else. You've got up there and you've realized, hang on, this is not so bad. This isn't what I expected. And so it's the big unknown. We literally cross a Rubicon and then we become invincible. Yeah, exactly. Or at least you want, you've realized, well, if I can do that one, surely I can do the rest. And then here's where the story comes in. So we bought the business, as you mentioned, in 2011. And with my leadership development background, I was 
noticing how many corporates were coming for a canopy tour and having a fantastic time. And you would speak to them weeks down the line and they would say, wow, it was awesome. And we just had such a great time. And, and people bonded in a very unique way. You know, that wasn't transactional like it is at work all the time. You do this and I'll do this. It was more transformational where they're having more deep and meaningful conversations because they're completely out of their comfort zones in, in many cases. And, and we've set up to do that well. But I did ask myself, okay, you're having a great day out and a lot of fun has had, but how's your team really being built? How's there been a shift in, the, in things really? Like, what are we doing to, to maximize this incredible experience so that when you get back to the workplace the next day, there really is a shift within the relationships and the working relationships that happen there. And that's when I, I noticed these corporates coming in. At the same time, I noticed how many people were afraid, like to the point of not going. And then we had a young granny book and pay for her, her kids, and her grandkids to come do a bucket list canopy tour. It was on her list and she wanted to do it. She booked it, she paid it. And then the days leading up to it, she started to get afraid. Started thinking, well, what am I've got myself into? And she arrived on the day with a long list of excuses. And every excuse we had, she had, we had an answer for. And eventually in tears and by quite a bit of pressure from her grandkids saying, Granny, you just have to try the first one. She said, fine, I'll try the first one. But with a guide in tandem, so that is an option for anyone that's young or nervous, you can go with a guide. I said, I'll go with a guide on the first one, but I guarantee you I'm coming back. Anyway, she did the first one with a guide, and, and lo and behold, she wanted to continue. And she came out of the forest two hours later. She was smiling from ear to ear, and she said this. She said, thank you for pushing me to do this because my life is enriched because of this experience. I love it. What an amazing story. Isn't that amazing? And what a kick-ass granny is that? And what a kick-ass granny. And, and so that got me thinking, linking it back to the corporates and the personal side of things. If, if we find the courage to do something like a canopy tour, which is part of a franchise group, our standards meet international standards, as young as three, as old as 96, if we're scared to do it and then we find the courage to do it, and suddenly it's life enriching, it does beg the question, what else are we not doing? in our private lives, in our workplaces, in our communities, because we're afraid. So how much is fear holding us back? And if it's holding us back as individuals, how much is it holding us back as teams? And so that's the beautiful link for a corporate coming out to do a canopy tour. But even a personal person, you, you know, you, you said it, you get over that threshold and the sense of achievement. I want more now because you've gone out and done it. You've taken that first step. And I think that's the big thing um, and, and the special thing about it, something like a canopy tour. Wow, Kai, it's really uh, a great gem of a resource. And I think that uh, post-COVID, mm. that's not really the only benchmark because there's going to be many black swans. We're in a challenged economy. We're dealing with mm. dark days, literally with ESCOM. Yeah. And we literally have to think out of the box. And Absolutely. you know, with COVID, it was also a mind shift because we had to think differently. Yeah, And the roadmaps that we had, we've now had to throw away because they, we have to create new maps in order Absolutely. to map the world. We're busy with that in our business now, you know. Coming out of COVID, the canopy tours were busy because everyone was living by this new value of let's, get, let's go do stuff, let's not buy stuff, which I think is what we, we're seeing people are forgetting today. But what is the new normal for us? It used to be open every day except Christmas Day and New Year's Day. And now... You know, how, when, we, when we're quiet on a Monday, Tuesday, and a Wednesday, how do we remain open if no one's coming? Mm -hmm. What's the new business model? How does it work? 
So mm. I think we've got to keep engineering and keep looking and, 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 and working together to, to make it happen. Well, the beauty safari, Kai, you definitely have to do. Okay. A lot of young women in KZN who would like okay. the anti-aging that you're offering. Wow. So we call it the beauty safari. There we and, go. And, you know, everybody's looking for something new to do. The days of uh, women celebrating birthdays with cake and tea and or bubbles and tea – uh, and cake are over. They're looking for new things to do. There's a lot of single women travelers. The landscape is changing. Absolutely. You can also use it for couples therapy. Hey, there's an idea. Yeah, there's an idea. <laughs> <laughs> you better make friends in two hours or else. That's or it. Else. Back in the forest. And that's so a good opportunity. Lots of interesting ideas and certainly a wonderful way to see that region, Kai. How phenomenal the views must be. Absolutely. I mean, it's the whole canopy tour, the concept of a canopy tour, you know, all originated in Costa Rica with, with scientists wanting to study flora and fauna and the canopy of the forest, which is that top, top layer of the forest. Mm -hmm. And they, they basic, the story is that they, they had no way of moving around. You know, I've often got this picture of a scientist sitting 30, 40 meters up in a tree, studying some animal or bird and that animal or bird flies to or jumps to the next tree and they've got no way of following them. So their research was hampered really by the inability to move around the canopy of the forest and, and were to start off with just ropes. And then and now we use cables to connect trees within the canopy so that these scientists could move around. And obviously their research improved, but the byproduct was a fun eco-adventure activity. So yeah, the Kharkloof Canopy Tour is in the second largest indigenous forest in Southern Africa. Um, it's called the Kharkloof Mistbelt Forest. So, so often people are treated to a real rainforest experience if it's nice and misty. And uh, yeah, it's an incredible experience. Anti-aging for sure, couples therapy, and a good day for corporates to, to reconnect on a different level. Absolutely, Kai. I've been thinking about what I'm going to do that's different. So mm. in the Hindu community, we have a festival called Holi. Do you know what it is? I don't. Tell me. So in Holi, everybody dresses in white and then they bring all these color powders out. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful, yeah. magenta yeah. and cerise and green yeah. and blue. So yeah. I think I'm going to bring some color because it's going to be so Instagrammable if we do this. And I'm going to release the colors as we're on the canopy tour. Yeah, we can. It does disintegrate. Eh? It's not bad for the environment. No, it's not bad for the environment at yeah, all. Problem. And I'm going to bring the GoPro. So as we go, we're going to have all these bursts of color. Wow. And Lovely. it's going to be exceptional. So then we can put some nice music to it. And yeah, I hope that uh, it's going to be as amazing as I imagine it to be. And then I can create a new uh, paradigm shifting photo because I have a few. It's my sand, my, my um, sand dunning photo. It's my shark cage diving photo. Awesome. It's my photo um, on the paraglide, and I want to add this to my collection. So I'm very cool. Forward, and I'm sure that our listeners are also going to so look forward to experience this wonderful region and your canopy tour, Kai. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon on with Janet. Thank you. Thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. We're chatting this afternoon with Kate Kelly. Kate is the owner-manager of the Beverly Country Cottages. And Kate has an interesting migration uh, to the space. She's born in South Africa, but she lived for a while in the UK and is the um, proud graduate of the St. Anne's Diocesan College in Hilton. 
She lived and worked in the UK quite a bit before traveling to South Africa, and she's gained extensive hospitality experience by working at Mala Mala Game Reserve, as well as the Fugitives Drift Lodge, but with the Rattrays before catering for Fermark Safaris. Due to Kate's love of travel and adventure, she started her own business, videoing and editing hunting safaris, which enabled her to travel to 11 different African countries and internationally to Europe and America between 1996 and 2012. Kate was the only female professional videographer in the hunting industry at the time. So quite an icon and change maker and definitely a fellow jet setter is our Kate. In 2009, she moved back to KZN and bought the Beverly Farm in the Dargle area. Kate and her husband Gary reignited the Beverly Lodge as it was then named and changed its name to the Beverly Country Cottages and built it up to being the success that it was. They are proud recipients of the South African Tourism Lily Zeller Awards for the best three-star self-catering establishment. And they are award-winning in more than that. They've won the national trophy twice. So definitely service levels that have been maintained over a long time. Kate and her husband, Gary, have managed to navigate COVID and um, their business survived during that time because people wanted to get out of the city and they opened their doors uh, during that time for people to just come and retreat. The retreat is a trend that we're seeing uh, quite popularly in many spaces as people seek headspace and an opportunity to just unwind and decompress and, and reignite their energies. They are now slowly getting back to the pre-COVID numbers and she, um, Beverly Country Cottages, has been a member of the Midlands Meander Association. Kate is a board member and just before COVID became the chairperson and very lucky for them that they have a passionate and seasoned hospitality professional who are reviving the brand and assisting the Midlands in getting back up on its feet. Kate is, a, is an ardent gardener and rides and walks and watches her daughters at play. She is really an outdoor type. So as I said before, Kate Kelly is definitely a jet setter and an outdoorsy kind of person. And she's brought some unique skills to the Midlands as the chairperson of the Midlands Meander um, Association. And she is quite passionate about, passionate about reviving the brand and assisting the Midlands in really coming up to a pre-COVID kind of sustainability and to continue to bring visitors to the area. Now, as a, as a former KZN girl myself, I have very fond memories when my brother ran the comrades to go to the halfway point in Drummond. I had visions of living in that beautiful castle. And I believe it's now an old age home. So my, my paradigm about that has definitely shifted. But Kate, what wonderful memories of the Midlands. It's, you know, it smells of packed tuna sandwiches and fresh air as we drive along there experiencing those beautiful mountains and wide open spaces. And what a pleasure it must be for you to be firmly ensconced there at the Beverly Country Cottages in the Midlands. Yes, indeed. It, it's um, where we live. We almost live in a little bubble up here in the Dargle Valley. 
and we're surrounded by beautiful views and um, farmlands and overlooked by Intlazan, which is our lovely Dargon Mountain. Um, I don't know if you know um, a little bit of, a bit of history about the Dargle. Um, it was the Irish settlers came here in 1948 and actually renamed it the Dargle after the Dargle area in Ireland because it was so reminiscent to the streams and the valleys and the rivers that they, they have there. And um, nothing much has changed really, except there's a few more timber plantations, but more hillsides, views, beautiful scenery, rivers with lots of trout in it, um, the animals. Yeah, it's just a very special place. Now, we didn't know that history, Kate, and what a beautiful nugget that is that you've just shared with us. You must just treat us as knowing nothing about the area because this is for our listeners and they're all eager to travel to that area. So please wow us about the Midlands. And you also wear two hats. You are the chairperson of the Midlands Meander Association. So you have a wonderful, dare I say, bird's eye view of the area. But in addition, you're also going to be telling us about the Beverly Country Cottages. So maybe Kate, start by telling us about the Midlands as an area and what resources we can hope to see there. Great. So we um, we live up in the Upper Dargle. Um, it's on one of the routes. So the Midlands Meander was actually founded in 1985 by a group of artists and crafters who invited the public to come and see their creatives and how they made them. Um, and then a map was formed, obviously, to show these visitors how to get around the little dirt roads and around the, the Midlands. So now we have five routes um, varying from Hilton all the way up to Hithcote, just past Moy River, and then from Carcluth all the way to the Cavisham. And then on our particular route, which I'll sort of be focusing on today as because we're on it, um, is Route 3. And um, we're, much, we're a little bit off the beaten track, the R103, which is the Route 4, is the main track with a lot more restaurants and um, activities and places to see there, as well as accommodation and the bigger wedding venues. Um, but this side paths us and Route 2, which is the Curry's Post, also very farm-like, beautiful views, um, magnificent scenery. So in Route 3, we definitely have some little hidden gems. Um, well, it's the hidden gems that we live for, Kate, so please wow us. Yes, so we have the very famous um, Ian Glennie, who is a master potter. He's been, well, he was one of the founding members of the Midlands Meander, and we have him just down the, the road from us. It's, it's, an, it's like a little fascinating expedition into his, into his world there. He's built his, his uh, houses and um, pottery studio by hand, and he houses a magnificent array of pottery uh, from otters to little pots to mugs to big um, flower pots, all sorts of things. And so that's one of our little hidden gems. Um, How wonderful that somebody can come and watch the artist at work. Is that possible? Yes, he and is. If, if he's lucky enough to be working, you are able to go and watch him. 
Um, but it's just the, the amount of different um, and variation of pots that he makes in pottery. It's, it's quite a little uh, inspiring. I love going down there. He's fascinating to talk to. And um, yeah, so it's one of my favorite spots along our route. Um, we have the Taste Buds Farm Store, which is a lovely farm store quite close to the 103, so not far um, off there. And they started up in COVID, which was um, amazing for our community as, as we weren't allowed to go to the shops. They started offering a service where they would go um, buy en masse and we would then go to the little farm store and through the window they would give us our box of vegetables and produce and things like that. And, and it's just grown since then. Um, and wow. they, that sounds amazing. It's like something out of a, a country film, really. Absolutely. I mean, it's just been a, a very inspiring story, really. Um, Sue Watson and Nikki, um, they have done amazing things. And now you can find clothes, you can find uh, treats, pastries, um, shoes, um, just the daily stock that you need um, from oil to mealy meal to dog food. And now they've opened up a little restaurant. And so now you can have um, coffee or breakfast and lunch there. It, it, it really is. It's a, it's a lovely little place to go and visit. Um, so then um, we also have, uh, similar to us, we in Visanda is a lovely um, self-catering sort of cottage on a farm along the river, so you can go. That's one thing that we don't lack. I mean, we've got the views up here and, and endless views as we, we sort of are situated on a knoll. But Inversanda also has the river running by, so you can go tubing um, and fishing on the river there, um, which is also a lovely place. Horseplay is another place, although you can't just book in. Um, it's it's a place where you can interact with horses and it's good for team building and just getting to know the horse and yourself as you interact um, with the horses. That sounds pretty therapeutic, Kate. <laughs> it is. I mean, this whole area here is, is, is something very special and it really does revive your soul. It's, um, it's a gentler place of life. The people here, the community-driven, um, very open-minded uh, and just embracing. And, and our uh, sort of country hospitality is what we sort of strive for and what we're known for in this area. It's, it's just a place where if life gets too, too, too fast, just come to the Midlands and experience our little, our little gems, our restaurants, our accommodations. Um, and our beauty, and it really does. It gives another aspect to life. Um, so we're getting, quite a, we're getting quite a nice overview of the Midlands. Do you want to hone in on Beverly Country Cottages for us? Yes. So we've been a, a member of the Midlands Meander for 11 years now, um, and we found it very beneficial. Um, something that we really want to be a part of. So, and we've definitely grown from it. So we have four self-catering cottages on our property. We are one of the older farmstead, uh, stone farmstead um, buildings. 
in the area. As I said, the Irish settlers came in here and, and Alan Ross was one of the Irish settlers that built our homestead, which was built in 1913. It's, it's built by stone. It's almost got like a 45 centimeter diameter wall, um, huge walls, which keep it cool in summer and, and um, um, well, freezing in winter, but it, it's cool in summer. <laughs> and uh, so the net, the, the yeah, I remember about the Midlands, you know, it's, it's, not a far way off from the beach, but my goodness, when you're in there, it's like you're really in cold country. It can be, you're right, absolutely. And that's why all our cottages have fireplaces, so they do become lovely and cozy. That lovely mist that rolls in in the afternoon that, that uh, every, everyone loves here. Um, so yes, with our self-catering cottages, uh, we fully set up for self-catering, but we do offer meals. Uh, which everyone loves because every mum needs a, a holiday. We've also got a little for, farm stall here, which caters for the people who don't want to cook. And also we offering we offer the lovely beef and um, pasture-raised lamb and free-range chicken. So just local meat, which is all healthy stuff and produce from, from neighbours. Um, we also do the ready-made meals, um, what we also can do here, we do lots of picnics. People love to go and, and find a spot in one of our pastures amongst the Nguni cattle and just look out to our views and have a little picnic, which uh, anywhere on the Midlands um, meander is, is just a fun thing to do, especially with children. Um, we're very And so much, you know, literally the entire Midlands is your garden. So lots and lots to do there. Lots and lots to do. Pony rides, we offer pony rides. The trails are un unbelievable up this end of the, the Midlands. We've got Intlazan, which you can climb up. We've got mountain bike trails, walking trails. Um, even the children love going up Mount um, Intlazan just because of the views once you're up at the top. Um, and it's just so rewarding because it's, it's sort of an iconic symbol of, of the Midlands, of into Zion Mountain. Um, and I think, I think one thing about this, um, this area is, as I said, the hospitality, the warm hospitality that everyone gets. And I think that's why people return to Beverly. It's like all our staff <clears throat> are, are very aware of um, the importance of being happy and, um, and to, to help the guests and make our guests feel at home but also on holidays. So um, we're always open to suggestions and willing to, to help and assist in any, any way. Um, well, Kate, it's uh, really, it's sounding wonderful. It's sounding like a place that one can come to retreat and certainly a place where one can come to gather thoughts and be creative. Is there any, any last words you want to share with us about this wonderful region called the Cape, uh, the um, Midlands meander before we say goodbye to you? I think um, that the most informative pl uh, place to have a look for this, for the, what's on, because there's so, much, so many activities and things to do, places to stay, little hidden gems everywhere, is the website, the Midlands meander website. We have a PDF format of the guide, and this, um, this year's guide 
was sort of reminiscent of trying to go back to the roots of the Midlands Meander, bringing those artists and crafters to the fore, and we will continue supporting them and um, yeah, exposing them to, to the visitor. So, so take a look at the website and um, yeah, see what, fan what takes your fancy and, and come and visit us up here. Thank you so much, Kate. I am sure that our listeners' interests are piqued and there's some excitement about coming to explore this area. You know, our podcast goes out nationally and to uh, a few African countries. So I'm very pleased that we could have this conversation because we know that there's great interest from the continent in everything KwaZulu-Natal. And we certainly have learned that uh, KwaZulu-Natal is a big contender in that slice of the South African tourism pie because of all the great resources and the various offerings that are in this region. And the Midlands Meander is certainly one of the jewels in its crown. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us, Kate. Have a great day further. Kevin Burley is the Group Operations Director for A New Hotels. And he has quite an interesting history. He's born in South London, England. And having studied catering after high school, he landed his first professional job with the Intercontinental Group, where he started as a trainee. And I mean, this is now a long legacy of being in the hospitality industry. Kevin, how did you come to be in South Africa? Yeah, good afternoon and thank you. Um... How did I get to come to be in South Africa? Good question. So I suppose my my career has, has taken like there's three major sections. The first part I was, um, it, I worked for Intercontinental Hotel Group in the UK, um, primarily in the Holiday Inn and Crown Plaza brand. Um, and then I worked my way up from a food and beverage manager to a general manager to a regional manager. Um, and then I got to the ripe old age of 40 and um, I didn't go and buy myself a Harley Davidson. I uh, changed my career. <laughs> so, so you didn't uh, have a midlife crisis? You well, just I did. I did. But uh, I gave up my career rather than go and buy a motorbike, you know. Um, Absolutely. So, so fate, uh, fate brought me into coaching. Mm -hmm. um, so I gave up my career. And at that time, I was really into people development and also customer service. So within uh, Holiday Inn, I wrote uh, a customer service program for Holiday Inn hotels across Europe. And then on the people side, I was responsible for our annual intake of around about 20 graduates, as well as doing my daytime job. So well, that's into, a lot. Most 40-year-olds don't get that much achievement under their belt. Yes. <laughs> so... So I do, I do work hard. That is one thing I'm told. So I, I cram a lot into my days. Um, so then, yeah, so then I gave all that up and retrained as an executive business coach. And um, mm -hmm. from, from there, I set up a coaching practice in Manchester. Um, and the, the ironic thing was that my first kind of three big corporate clients were nothing to do with hospitality. Um, so there was a, a, a building company and a sports company and an insurance company. So it was quite interesting um, going into different industries. And then an old uh, customer of mine who had frequented uh, my, one of my Holiday Inns in Holiday Inn in Leicester 
a South African gentleman contacted me and told me or found out that I was coaching and asked me if I would come and do um, a bit of work with him here in South Africa. Um, so I initially came over for uh, four months and mm -hmm. we did some coaching work with uh, Absa Bank, uh, F&B, Speedpoints, um, and then also with ESCOM. I must just say ESCOM, it was the security division. Um, I don't want to be blamed for anything that's going on there. You don't want to be blamed for any little <laughs> shit. <location. laughs> no. Um, and, I, you know, I just came to this country, and when I got here, it just felt like I'd come home. Um, everything I enjoy life oh, that's, is... That's wonderful to hear. Yeah. Is, is given is given to me in um, South Africa, you know. Um, I love the outdoors. I love hot weather. Um, I'm a keen trail runner now. Um, so, yeah, so I just fell in love with the country. And then the work that I was doing in those in that early days, which was 2004, uh, very rewarding for me and also for the, the uh, managers who I were working with. Um, you know, I think there was certainly at that time, and I think it's got diluted over the years, uh, a backlog of poor management, you know, management by fear. Uh, you do this or you'll lose your job and it just wasn't healthy. And And the trouble is people were just copying what they'd seen before rather than uh, managing in, let's call it a modern style. So, yeah, so that's how I basically got to South Africa. And Yes, what a journey. Yeah. We've heard lots about Kevin Burley. It sounds wonderful. And what a what a rich and interesting life you've had so far now tell us about a new group because you are the group operations director at a new hotels as we know the tourism sector has taken quite a bit of strain during covid and what a responsibility to have as we navigated that black swan so please tell us about the business very quickly and tell us what the group is doing to navigate and come back to pre-covid levels yeah, so, you know, um, through through initially my coaching, um, I was introduced to a very dynamic young man who is now my boss, uh, Clinton Armour, who uh, comes from a, a farming background in KZN, um, so dairy, uh, cattle farming, and the family owned uh, Ingeli Forest Lodge. And at the mm -hmm. time, uh, Clinton's sister was running it. She she decided that she uh, wanted to hand over the reins to somebody. And Clinton and I met up. Um, and I think it was obviously my coaching background and then the hospitality background uh, where he just wanted to understand hospitality a bit more. So initially, uh, initially we were just kind of talking and you could see that he was planning for the future. Um, mm -hmm. So with Ngeli Forest... Uh, they also then had the what was the Proteer at Shishlui. So in 2017, uh, which was nothing to do with me other than I'd done a bit of uh, sort of coaching work with Clinton, they initially developed uh, the brand anew uh, with a Geli Forest and our property in Shishlui. Then um, 2019, uh, I got a call from Clinton saying, what are you doing? Could I come and do a bit of management training and uh, write some uh, um, some operating manuals? So I started that, um, and then later that year, he managed to take over the 
what was the Hilton um, or the Protea in Hilton. So not Hilton brand. That's uh, a lovely little town just outside of BMB. Um, and that gave that gave him free properties. And at that stage, uh, he was able to offer me a full time position to come on as uh, to look after operations, bringing my experience with uh, global brands such as Holiday Inn and Brand Standards, and then also mm-hmm. my coaching skills to start building the brand. And what a wonderful, thing, um, what a wonderful trifecta to bring all yeah. of that. Hundred percent, and and as I say, that that coaching element was kind of the second part of my life, and then now coming to a new and being able to bring both of those sections of my life to help develop, um, you know, a new hotels. So yeah, so um, you know, we started that journey. We started building our little brand. We built a foundation. The one thing that I must say, and and kind of was the attraction for me to to come and do this project was that the passion for Clinton and Clinton's family to make a difference. Um, it's, it's about making a difference in people's lives, in the communities we work in. I, this morning I was just talking to a, a really excellent young lady that works for us and, and talking to her about her future with us. And, you know, as we grow, as we grow the portfolio, for us it's about growing more jobs and it's about growing more opportunities. Um, so yeah, so then, as I say, we, we, like everybody else was just starting to, well, not, you know, we were putting our foundation together, but like everybody else, then we got hit by COVID and, you know, you look back, you look back on that and, you know, the one thing, the one thing that, that Clint and I really wanted to do was just make sure that our people were okay. Um, we actually gave food parcels out to our teams and then we kept a, a core three or four people in each hotel just to make sure the hotel was safe, but also any opportunity of um, any of the, the business that came via COVID. So we did have doctors staying with us. Um, we actually had um, some of the uh, those doctors that came from overseas. We had yes. the police services staying with us. So we managed to pick up a little bit of business, not, you know, mm. And it was literally a case of batten down the hatches and let's survive this. Um, then we came we came out of covert. And as I say, I think initially, um, I think I'd planned for a four week break. You know, <laughs> and how 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 stupid that was. Um, and then September that year, we managed to take over a small um, group, uh, which was trading as Fortis Hotels. And they they were in business distress. Let's let's call it that. So it was a great opportunity for us to take that over. Um, the real crown in the jewel was Hunter's Rest, which is a beautiful resort just outside of Rustenburg. Um, anybody from kind of Joburg, Pretoria would know that property. It's got a lot of uh, heritage there. Um, two properties in Vitbank and then two in in um, Pretoria. So that gave us you know that gave us a real nice um, kind of springboard. Um, we took, you know, we took a lot of risk at that time, but it was an opportunity that just felt right, um, you know, and and we just grabbed it with both hands. And Fantastic. I think- so, Kevin, I we're now sitting in 2023. People have said that uh, the last season was very close to pre-COVID levels. If I, as a guest, came to your property in the Midlands, what can I expect to experience? 
Um, I think if from from the kind of um, physical experience, you're going to definitely experience the pre-COVID, you know, service. Everything is almost normal. Um, mm-hmm. We still have sanitizing stations around. Um, you know, as with everybody now in South Africa, if you feel comfortable wearing a mask, wear a mask. If you don't, then fine. Um, you know, so we still, I suppose in a way there were some uh, things that were good practices that we're still doing around hygiene and cleanliness. Um, which is really important because we're not... Which is really important, way. yeah. But I think I think the one thing now that, I've, that we feel particularly proud of is... Our, our service levels, you know, we get some, so much feedback around the friendliness of our staff, the helpfulness of our staff. And it goes back to Clinton and, and the family and us installing good family values, you know, and um, we, 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 we put a lot of focus onto that side of our business, actually, you know, making sure our teams are engaged in the business. Cause my philosophy is if you can get your team engaged in the business, then they are more likely to get the customers engaged in the hotel and the service and have a more enjoyable time with us, you know? Absolutely. So this is a hotel in the Midlands. How many rooms does it have? Um, So at at Hilton, we have 98 there. Um, We've got uh, in Gelly slightly smaller, just over 40 rooms. And then at uh, Shishlui, we've got uh, just over 80 rooms, 82, I think, 81, 82. Um, and then our newest property, which is in Newcastle, so Volantaba, which is a beautiful property um, on a golf estate right there at the start of the mountains. So that's just short of 80 rooms as well. So, you know, we're not, we're, we're fair-sized properties um, and that, that works for us and that works for our customers. Um and you know, even even with those size, we've suddenly over the last six months, we've we've almost seen like a plateauing of of business. And again, back to that pre-COVID uh, years, um, and it's and it's a great mixture of uh, domestic leisure. That's that's been the one area that has really helped us. In that, you know, a lot of people, and I was talking to some people at the weekend who are actually English visiting um, South Africa. And it's, you know, it's 20,000 rand for a return flight to the UK. You know, that's, a, that's an awful it lot of money. It is a staggering amount of money. 100%. So I think, I think South Africans who would have pre-COVID left the country for uh, vacation have said, well, no, let's, let's stay here. And, um, you know, it's, it's such a beautiful country. Um, you know, I mean, I, I spent this last weekend in Franchuk and what a beautiful part oh, of the really? country. really? In my neck of the woods. Yeah, 100%. But then, you know, you can go to you can go to our property, Ocean Reef, that's just uh, north of Belito, right there on the beach, Indian Ocean, beautiful sandy beaches. It's, you know, then you go into the mountains and the Midlands, as you mentioned. You know, we've just got so much to offer in this country. Wow. Well, Kevin, I really, really enjoyed chatting to you and getting an overview of what Anew is all about. And I'm sure that our listeners are quite curious to come and experience some of these properties. So thank you for chatting to us today. And well done on a nice, very, 
very interesting turnaround from coaching to hospitality. You do strike me as a hospitality person, and I hope that you will stay there and not, yeah, and not move back. <laughs> Fantastic. It's a richly rewarding um, career for sure. Yeah, 100%. Thank you so much, Kevin. All the best. Thank you, Janet. Thanks for your time. It's been, uh, been great talking to you. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. Pinky Kadebe has been employed as the Senior Manager for PR and Communications and Tourism KwaZulu-Natal since 2005. TKZN is the authority responsible for the development, promotion and marketing of tourism in the province of KZN. Pinky comes with strong organizational knowledge, good communication skills, and has over 10 years working in the executive management space. This afternoon, we welcome Pinky Khadebe. She is the Senior PR and Communications Manager, Tourism KwaZulu-Natal. And she's here to tell us more about TKZN, KwaZulu-Natal's tourism recovery focus and the highlights of the year. And I'm hoping that she's also going to be share, sharing some of her favorite places to visit, to experience and eat. But before we chat to Pinky, I must say that it was so interesting looking at Pinky's CV because she comes with such great resources. She really brings collateral to this post. And, you know, she's come through the ranks since early 2000s and has worked her way up in this tourism space. And uh, it's great to chat to somebody who can really converse with you on the topical issues. She's done everything from risk management to compliance. Uh, she's got board experience, public relations, communications. And of course, to, to be able to hold this post, it's uh, and espouse the beauty of an entire province as diverse as KZN. We couldn't have a better person than Pinky. Pinky, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show. Welcome to Jet Setting with Janet. Good morning, uh, Janet. Um, good morning to your listeners as well. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure. We usually don't get invites for podcasts and I'm shaking a bit, uh, but I'm also excited because, because I'm going to just be talking to you, conversing and actually talking about my beautiful province, KwaZulu-Natal. You must please be very, very relaxed. You're speaking to a fellow home girl. I'm going to recognize the places you talk about. I'm going to ask your advice on shopping because I've lived away from KZN for so long. And uh, I'm going to tell you that, uh, you know, once you're a KZN girl, it's in your blood and you keep running back for the just that vision as the plain lands of that strip of beach around Amshlanga and all the green that we're surrounded by in KZN. That's correct. So we're going to be talking, we're going to be, we're going to meander through KwaZulu-Natal. And Absolutely. I'm glad that I'll be talking to you about some of the places you know, and some of the places that most of our listeners, or particularly in Cape Town, that we want them to know. And uh, we want to introduce KZN from a fresh uh, perspective. And yeah, I'm looking forward to conversing with you on those issues. Fantastic, Pinky. So one of the first things that I would like you to tell us about is what exactly does Tourism KwaZulu-Natal do? What is the portfolio responsible for? Well, Tourism KwaZulu-Natal first is, a, is an entity that is owned by the Department of Economic Development, Tourism and Environmental Affairs. We are a state-owned entity and our role is to 
you know, promote uh, tourism and uh, we're responsible for the development, promotion and marketing of tourism in our province. So we initiate, we facilitate, we coordinate and implement a strategic tourism marketing for the province. And our mission again here is just to grow tourism. We also very involved with transform, transforming the province's tourism sector and also just yield those economic benefits uh, from all uh, stakeholders. So we are the marketing entity um, we work very closely with all the other provinces in a way, uh, competing, complementing, but we are very aligned to South African tourism as well. Wonderful. So those key deliverables are outlined clearly and uh, definitely, you know, will be rolled out according to those national, um, national key points. So the other thing I want to ask Pinky is... Um, you know, as we know, we were hit by that black swan called COVID-19. There were lots of lockdown regulations and our wonderful coastal towns could no more be visited by visitors from the domestic and international markets. And that was a difficult time for everybody. How is, and then of course, KwaZulu-Natal especially hard hit with the riots and then the flooding and some electricity problems as well that went with that. How is KZN navigating all of this? And, and this must make your portfolio so much more difficult. Absolutely. You know, Janice, the last three years, if I may, three, four years have been very difficult for KwaZulu-Natal. You know, when, you, when you're used to everything being so good and then you're just hit with the triple whammy of, you know, of unfortunate uh, incidents. Uh, you've mentioned COVID, you've mentioned the unrests, you've mentioned the, the floods, as well as, you know, some of the unfortunate uh, beach pollution incidents that happened last year. But, you know, post-COVID, we've really are steadfast and we're recovering exceptionally well. You know, thanks to a lot of stakeholder relationships we have with different government entities, you know, we work very closely with KZN Ezembelo or Ezembelo KZN Wildlife, our local and district municipalities are very, very important to us because those are the local hosts, as well as, you know, the tourism sector, the people that actually have uh, those tourism establishments, they're the ones that have the products, our tour guides, our tour operators, all our communities and our holiday makers within and outside the province. We really, very, we really worked very close. We actually said to ourselves, we're still going to market ourselves aggressively. We're going to position the provinces open for business. And so let me just give you some, you know, some stats um, to, just to contextualize what I'm talking about. In 2002, sure, we'd love to see how that's in, in a, you know, in a clear market way, how that has happened. Yes. Yes, Janet. So in 2021, we welcomed over 2.6 million domestic travelers. You know, within the first six months of 2022, we were well over 4 million visitors. And, you know, this is very, very important to us because we, we really, you know, when you put that marketing uh, and promotion and everything and you say we need to survive, we actually need to bring back our tourism uh, sector to be number one. And so you, you, you put in those plans 
And you just hope and pray that, you know, our marketing is clear, we are visible, you know, our publicity campaigns are clear so that people can be reminded that we open for business. So just to highlight a few numbers, last year, um, we had the province, the province's unexpected number of holiday makers for the festive season, some 520,000 domestic tourists and 51,000 international tourists visited Guazulu Natal. As much as there was this, you know, negative sentiments, mm-hmm. what we do is just be honest, be out there and talk to your media stakeholders, people like yourselves who love Guazulu Natal. You just need to be visible, communicate and be clear in your in your marketing strategies that yes, we had challenges, but people are still welcome to come to the province. So last year we had about five hundred and twenty thousand domestic uh, tourists, uh, domestically and fifty one thousand international tourists, and also the occupancies. This is your proof now. This is where you say, okay, I'm expecting these numbers, but then the hoteliers must come back and tell you. What are the occupancies? So we really had good occupancy rates yes, last year. With op- with halala, op- halala is all yes, I halala, halala. <laughs> I mean, you can't come to Devon and and KZN and and, and not visit our beach. You know, our beaches mm. in, in different areas, Janet. So our occupancies surged. You know, we were really, really occupancies soared to eighty one percent, as oh, opposed wow. to our early expectations of sixty nine percent. So we were very, very quick. We were. We were, we were not sure. We were saying 69%, you know, but we were, you know, pleasantly surpri- surprised. We ended up with 81%. And wow. so this translates into a 2.4 billion injection into the provincial economy. So I believe we are on track. You know, we also are boasting uh, last year's total number of travelers when, you know, when our financial year end draws in March, Janet, I'm going to be with you on this platform and tell you and tell you the good news that KZN is still so number one, uh, the number one visited um, uh, tourist attraction according to South African Tourism. They've released those 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 stats, but um, you know, I'm I'm also waiting for us to have to chat more about that in March. Yes, absolutely. You know, when people think of KZN, they just think of that beautiful stretch of beach. And I must tell you that going to the beach was the thing when we were kids. And you know that taking a pot of biryani to the beach is an Indian thing, oh, yes. right? <laughs> <laughs> I know that. Biryani is my favorite meal. And yes. <laughs> so that, that, that heavy heat, you know, that blistering heat, but yeah, biryani's on the on the menu. Yeah. Um, so lots of fun childhood memories. And people just think when they think of KZN and they think of beaches, um, they think of the stretch of beach. But there's so many other resources in KZN that um, we don't quite know about. And I want you to tell our listeners about those, I won't say hidden gems, but rather unknowns. Well, because, um, you know, uh, let me just put some things in, into perspective, yes, Janet, because there is this perception and a myth that only Durban has great beaches in KZN. 
I mean, that's not true. KZN, I just want to remind our listeners that KZN has 600 uh, kilometers of coastline. Wow. And so our holiday makers have plenty of options. I mean, if you start uh, up north, you drive up to Sodwana Bay and you experience that scenic drive up to the to Sodwana Bay. And then you drive back and you go to Port Edward. I know you know those towns, Port Edward, Margate, you mm. know Shelly Beach very well. These are the places that also have the beach. And these are some of, they have the best diving spots in the world. And so that's not Durban only. So we are saying, we always encourage our, our listeners, let's explore KZN, drive up to, to, to these areas and also just drive up to the Berg. You know, everything that Kai was talking about in terms of the, he, you are saying hidden gems, but if mm-hmm. we've just finished an interview now with Canopy Tours, they have two uh, products up the, uh, up in the Berg, uh, up in Drakensberg, and another one um, next to uh, Howick. So, so again, we're just trying to say, Kezren has it all. We have more than just the beach. We have other, uh, you know, products. We can also just, assure our listeners that there are blue flag beaches uh, that include, uh, you know, Thompson's Bay, Yowalad and Blythdale, and six on the south coast alone in the Marina, the Trafalgar, our South Ports, Umzumbe and Ramsgate, and also in Hibberdeen. So our mm-hmm. destination truly has it all. We have culture. You know, I think we've been doing a lot of, we've done, this is now the third show on KZN. So we've done the Drakensberg, we've done the South Coast. We're now chatting to you with Central. And uh, we've really given our listeners a good uh, idea, a nice kaleidoscope of what is available in KZN. And, you know, I was in in Tanzania and I was introduced to the um, Ocean Safari. And you yourself sport an Ocean Safari. Maybe tell our listeners, because everybody thinks Safari and they think Big Five. But here you are with this wonderful ocean safari resource. Yes, we do have it, Janice. And in, in, in fact, it's in the south coast area, mainly in the Shelly Beach precinct. So you wake up as early as five o'clock in the morning, you get ready, you dress up, and off you go to Shelly Beach. You do that you do your ocean safari you go into the boats and it takes you seven kilometers into the ocean oh, and wow. you see dolphins at some stage uh, janet i was i was part of a media tour that was experiencing this saf- ocean safari and underneath us there was a huge whale i mean where else would you first see a whale, also dolphins but also just in be in a scenery where there is just an absolute beautiful ocean, blue flag status oceans in South Coast. So it does take about two to three hours. Uh, you, As soon as, you know, seven o'clock, eight o'clock breaks, you come back into the land. So a lot of people do it. They also do uh, uh, shark cage diving, deep mm-hmm. sea cage diving. Those that are, you know, adrenaline junkies can do that. I'm a bit scared, of course, but I I, I haven't done it. Well, if I could have done it, you can do it. So, <laughs> so you have to do it now, and then we can share the photo of you and me. And I must tell you, I, I must tell you, you know, I have I have curves. So when you put on that bodysuit, everything looks amazing. In fact, afterwards, <laughs> I said, can't we start a fashion line with this fabric? Because I can look 
felt every day. Just change the colors, add beautiful gold and nice long capes. And yeah, that, that's an idea. Fun. I mean, you are in Cape Town, you know, uh, fashion, you know, fashion mega city. You can have those, oh somebody God. come back with that swimsuit that you're talking about and do a, a photo shoot in here. In I think there is some kind of development for sure, you know. Yeah, I mean, then have a photo shoot here in KZN next to our warm beaches because our beaches, yes, you can swim. It's not so cold and it's always almost summer the whole year. So Janet, yeah, that's um, that's a, a must do for us. Can we also do that ocean safari? We'll um, have so to pencil we'll that have... in, Pinky. Now I want to talk to you about Araby Gorge because we, as a family, we were explorers. So my dad had this old Peugeot, you know, the long one. Um, maybe you don't even remember it, but I was a yeah. kid. And all six of the children could fit in there. So we would go to Ladysmith, and then the whole family will be in front of the sign that says Ladysmith. Right. Arabi Gorge. So I have a very fond memory of Arabi Gorge's picture because I was slightly taller than the year before, and I was like, yes, I'm now here. I You can now see me because I had grown a few centimeters. <laughs> so I believe that, you know, growing a few centimeters, but Arabi Gorge is the place to rise to new heights, right? Because you've got all kinds of extreme sports. You've got the plungers, you've got zip lining and bungee jumping. How is that working? I mean, are people rushing out to do this? Are they afraid? Janice, Arabi Gorge has grown so much, you know, just not from as a destination, they used to have the things you're talking about now, those, we actually now call it the the, the gorgeous gorge, because mm -hmm. when you get there, those hotels, those private uh, uh, a game, well, they call them private hotels, but also there are those that are three, two, and four, and five-star hotels that are now coming up in, in Oribe Gorge. We also have Lake Eland. It's it's for adrenaline junkies. I tell you, Janet, for those that have the whole day of driving from from you know all parts of KZN going into South Coast because it's quite accessible using the N2, mm -hmm. and you can actually spend the whole day there doing all sorts of uh, horse riding, zip lining, bungee jumping, and and so there's quite a scooters as well so wow. and also just food because you know how we love food here in kzn oh my god we have to talk about the food in kzn because <laughs> yes. people need to hear about this they can they can go on to google and find the because we're running out of time now yeah. they can go on to google our listeners can go and just google all these amazing activities from taking a turtle tour to the amazing battlefields we don't just have whale watching and shark cage diving in the Cape, but you can go to KZN for that. But KZN is one of the richest cuisines. Honestly, it is so very, very special. Pinky, tell us what it is, what is it like living surrounded by bunny chows and the nicest pup and place? Please, please tell us. It is the most amazing thing. So, Janet, um, we also we also have a very strong competition uh, with your Cape Town listeners because they also say they have the best cuisine. But we say no. 
All the spices are here in KZN, all the fiery bunny chows, mm -hmm. all the lovely samosas, our meat is amazing here with our Brian Flace and our, you know, our heritage, our cultural meals that we have here are in our warm, you know, our homes. It's amazing. From from Eastern to 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 your to your African cuisines to your Dutch cuisines, uh, so here yeah, it is really a, a melt pot of 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 cultures here in KZN. But also the food experience, particularly here in Durban, is amazing. If you come to Durban, you have to have the bunny chow. I mean, you, it, whether you're in Umshanga, you whether you are uh, in the CBD and all corners, you will have an affordable meal. Uh, for the whole family and also takeaways. Some these days with the electricity being not so good, we still are able to actually enjoy our food. Particularly, I'm going to be very, very. Um, you might, you might, you might hit my knuckles here, but I'm. I love my biryanis. I love my bunny chows. So I'm more in the eastern, uh, you know, food. My spicy food. I love it so much. So yeah. Yes. KZN, that's what we have. And we also embrace our, our different cultures, particularly with the cuisine side of things. Yeah, I must tell you, Pinky, even if we take the 6 a.m. From, from Cape Town to Durban, to KZN, when we land, the first thing we do is a bunny chow. Forget the intermittent fasting, forget <laughs> the balance, the no carbs. Oh, please, we're on a low carb, we're on a low jar. We just look for the bunny chow. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then we say, okay, let this trip now begin. And it's quite, you know, with the, with the Indian community, if you're visiting, you can have biryani at three different places in one day. And you approach that biryani with the same enthusiasm as the very first biryani you encountered because you can't piss any of your aunties off. You've got to make everyone happy. Absolutely. And, absolutely. and sound like, oh, my God, I've waited all of these months to come and enjoy this. So um, I think cuisine and hospitality is so entrenched. Uh, in the communities of KZN that there's no way that you can go and leave without being fed and fed well. And for a traveler coming from anywhere in the country, it is really going to be the best gastronomic journey you've ever been on because there's so many diverse cuisines to experience in KZN and so many fine dining restaurants, Michelin star rated restaurants and just you know, roadside cafes where you can get a really good meal at uh, budget-friendly prices too. And we all know as much as there might be disposable income, we're all watching our budgets and making budget-conscious choices as well. And especially for the families that are traveling together in large groups, this is a very good option as well. So, Pinky, I... You know, I want to be there this weekend. That's how I feel. I'm so excited. I really miss KZN, and I must tell you that because when my mom was still alive, I used to be there every three months, and I don't do the don't do that anymore. And my sister complains terribly that I don't come often enough. So on this trip, she and I are also going to go and buy some nice outfits because I'm running out of the traditional wear, and she's going to take me to all the the hot spots where I can find nice accessories and nice, beautiful color clothing, um, lots of lots of bling um, in the Indian community, of as course. you know. 
And uh, so basically, I'm, I, I must say there's so much that uh, KZN has to offer and, and what a lucky girl you are to live in this beautiful province and enjoy all of its resources. Pinky, before we say goodbye to you, I want to hear when you leave home, what is your typical day like as you drive through KZN on your way to the office? Please paint a picture for us. Oh my God, Jeanette. <laughs> In a way, I feel like you're tricking me asking, you know, it's a tricky question because it's going to sort of lend me to choose my best destination in KZN. No, you're just so. going to tell us about your drive to work. That's All right. It. Okay. My drive to work is um, in the morning. Um, we, You know, with COVID, we are working from home and work. So, um, so you've got a hybrid work. We've got a hybrid working environment. And I could just be driving to work, but my work would be meeting uh, someone or someone like yourself, Janet, planning for the next uh, financial year. Uh, what are we going to do with media partners? And I'm meeting you at, I'll be driving myself to the promenade, the Mshanga mm -hmm. promenade, uh, where I will probably have a meeting at the oyster box or maybe the Beverly Hills oh the Indian Ocean. About the high teas, but go on, go on. I'm so <laughs> And I would probably have a meeting with um, a key stakeholder, be it from the trade or yourselves, and and just telling them about what we do as tourism Kazulu Natal. Of course, uh, explaining um, what we do and how we partner with various stakeholders and just doing the marketing and the PR side of KwaZulu Natal because the word of mouth is very important. So I probably would set up meetings in one place and so that people in a way trying to show other people that you can still be effective in your office setup, but also use a tourism establishment to plug in your Wi-Fi, plug in your computer, have a meeting with Janice or have a face-to-face -face meeting because also meeting physically is also important so that we can rela have relationships. But in a beautiful setup where one day that person leaves, they will also remember that actually there's 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 Beverly Hills, there's Oyster Box, there is Umhlanga Precinct, there are restaurants in that area where you can actually work at the same at the same time, but also form relationships. So. We encourage people to actually go out, have meetings, but also this office space is important because our offices are based next to are based next to Ushaga Marine. So mm -hmm. I know Capetonians love Ushaga Marine. So my my work, uh, 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 Janet, is hybrid, but also we encourage a lot of face to face meetings, and we say go and have that chat. You know that chat in a coffee shop setup or in a tourism establishment setup so that people can remember that KZN is open for business. That will be my typical day. And then I come back in the afternoon. I've moved up to to Kloof now. I used to be in Durban North. Mm -hmm. um, after work, I just take a run at the promenade or or maybe take a walk in Umhlanga. But the highway uh, or upper highway is a bit chilly. It's sort of like your Cape Town in a way. So there's yeah. not a lot of walking that I do, but I just love the outdoors, uh, Janet. Um, so uh, I come back and I do homework with kids and I prepare dinner 
And of course, I take calls uh, whenever there is a need to take work calls because it's how the, the environment has a lot of pressure with mm-hmm. tourism coming very strong into, in a, into our economy. So, and then that my day will end at about half past seven, eight o'clock, and then I just watch TV. I love to watch the Travel Channel. I love to watch uh, Netflix, a lot of uh, films in Netflix on Netflix because I want to see those K, uh, productions that are done in KZN. We have a lot of them coming up uh, on Netflix. And so, yeah, that's how my day would, uh, would end up. Well, it sounds like the perfect end to a perfect day, Pinky. It's been most, most wonderful. Traversing the KZN landscape with you, I really wish you a great weekend ahead. It is almost weekend and lots of fun activities with you and the kids in the beautiful KZN area. I am uh, so looking forward to seeing you and meeting with you and experiencing KZN through your eyes. And I think our listeners are really now very excited to travel to KZN and experience this wonderfully diverse province. Thank Thank you you so much. Thank you so much, Pinky. It's been great chatting to you. This weekly travel program, Jet Sitting with Janet, is proudly sponsored by MLT Car Hire and Tours. Are you looking for a highly professional, established vehicle rental service? Look no further. MLT Car Hire and Tours delivers on service excellence and competitive prices. Log on to mltcarhireandtours.co.za for their full range of benefits or MLT Car Hire and Tours on Facebook.